Before we get to the show, I want to make sure you know about our podcast, Making Marketing. It's a show where Shireen Patak talks to the biggest names in the marketing world about the decisions they're making in the business. Check it out. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor.fm. Or you can go to digiday.com and learn more. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangal, and today I have a session from the Digiday Content Marketing Summit. Here, Shireen Patak talks to Tony Jones, the head of content strategy and operations at Groupon. More and more brands are discussing content newsrooms, fast-paced departments within companies that operate like editorial operations. Tony will talk about how brands hire the right talent for content creation. Listen in. So hiring, I think hiring's been actually a really big uh, topic in the last couple of days, more than I expected, because I always sort of think of sort of when we're talking about content marketing, that we'll focus more on you know, social media, influencer marketing platforms, which we have, but actually most of the sessions at least have come down to, I have a hard time finding the right talent. I'm trying to figure out if I should be even doing things myself. Um, so I'm glad we're kind of ending day, uh, starting day three with this. Um, tell me a little bit, actually, let's start just with how you're, you're structured at Groupon when it comes to your team and especially sort of the content marketing part of it and all the other parts of it. Sure, absolutely. So, um, so I have a team of, um, it's kind of multifaceted actually, so my content team is focused on, I have 10 content managers, and they're sort of split. Um, they have, some of them are very focused on very operational work, and some are focused on strategy. Um, I actually have a slide if you want to throw it up. Cool. So this is kind of a, a breakdown of, of the scope of work that my team covers. Um, but we have strategy and we have operations. I also have a team of freelancers that I leverage, and they're focused on optimizing our deal content for SEO. And that's a team, usually somewhere between 15 and 20, um, that's always on for us. And then we also have um, our agencies that we partner with. The agencies uh, create some of our you know, sexier content, some of our funner content. Um, and then they also help us with outreach and distribution. and um, and so, and then as you can see too, you know, as partners for my content team, um, we have our operations team, which is made up of a couple of individuals, primarily like a project manager who's focused on operational efficiencies, um, driving new product innovation for my team, um, as well as uh, being sort of the liaison from product. You know, one of the things that you guys probably know, product like has all these amazing ideas and they like to make changes and then they don't think about the people who are using the product, like mm -hmm. my team. Um, and so Gail, my project manager, is sort of like, you know, integral and in, in making sure that it's less painful for my team whenever product decides to launch something that they think is fantastic. Um, and then, you know, I also have SEO and merchandising strategy. Uh, the merchandising strategy is focused on delivering that content across all of our own channels. So email, site, mobile push, um, as well as the SEO uh, team. And that team is focused obviously on making sure that our content is optimized for SEO, doing our technical SEO strategy on the backside um, of our platform, as well as the on-page SEO strategy. Um, and they work very closely with the content team. Um, and so those are sort of how like, we're strategically aligned um, within, within my operations. Has this always kind of been this way? I mean, are there specific things that you've changed more recently to kind of accounting for the fact that things keep changing in content marketing specifically? Yes, absolutely. So I joined Groupon uh, back 
like the last week of November, so like, you know, being in retail, it's like the perfect time to join, um, which is, you know, Black Friday. So I basically just like shut my mouth and observed uh, for the first four weeks uh, because I knew that if I, you know, got too nosy or tried to ask a bunch of questions, my team, you know, might like line me up and shoot me down, I'm not sure. Um, and so it was really a great time to join because you know, as in retail and, and for us, 40% of our business happens in Q4. So I got to really absorb my team in the thick of it. And it was intense and insane and the amount of content that they need to and produce. And at that point, that content is sort of very, very deal focused, very kind of very get the, deal get focused, the but it. also, you know, gift guides. Okay. And, and making sure that we're doing more personalization in our email marketing strategy, um, making sure that we're you know, optimizing for all the new products that are coming out from an SEO standpoint. So it, you know, I was just really impressed to see, you know, they, it was like clockwork. But I also noticed a lot of inefficiencies and I noticed that they weren't doing a lot of strategic work. And you know, I got brought in to lead strategy, so I was very excited about that opportunity. Um, and so for the first probably you know, three to four months, um, I worked with my project manager and we really did some deep dive process documentation work. And um, my background is in project management and process management, so it's kind of like what I geek out on. It's like the first thing I do is I'm like, where can we save some time and some money? Um, and so that was what we did. And we actually were able to um, reduce my team's time, um, each individual, by 12 hours um, in a month. Um, some of that work we pushed off into our freelancers because it wasn't strategic work or work that my team, that you needed the skill level of my team to do. Um, and then some of it was just work that wasn't really driving ROI. And so we decided to just de-scope it and deprioritize it and we measured it to make sure that we didn't see any impact in um, engagement or conversion and then once we didn't we just completely removed that work from um, my team's scope and so when we did that it made it um, it freed up some time for us to have you know a strategic individual um, there and so uh, just recently we've actually broke the team completely up into operations and strategy and that strategy team is focused on, you know, the content calendar, um, admin for the blog, you know, performance reporting, really partnering with our enterprise sales partners um, to, to build out the overall strategy where my operations team is really merchant focused. And they focus on the top um, brands that we partner with, like, you know, the Costco's and the Nordstrom's and the Macy's. And they make sure that they have, we have enough content it's optimized for SEO and that we have high conversion. And so that's sort of the operations team versus the strategy team. You mentioned kind of this idea of enough content. And I think that's the thing that that's there's an interesting play there on the impact that has on the people you hire. Because I think everybody has to just do more work now. Um, and especially when it comes to content marketing. We've talked about this um, for a couple of days now. But just the idea of there's more and more quantity to get more and more out there. It kind of disappears quick quicker, um, whether it's from the feed or just from people's minds. How have you kind of balanced that with making sure, obviously, that your team isn't overworked and is, is actually doing the right strategic kind of work, but also recognizing that you kind of have to get a lot out the door? I mean, you can't just do one thing a month and call it a day. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, my operations team is, you know, probably optimizing, you know, between 40 and 100 deals a day. Um, and so it's a lot across all of their emergence. <laughs> Um, and so they really are focused on, um, we actually have performance 
at a deal level. And so we can see what is converting, what the click-through rate is, and then um, also the revenue on each specific deal. And so that really helps my team. Um, and then they bring that into our strategy team, and we have like weekly strategy meetings where we talk about what's working, what's not working. Hey, I tried this, and it performed really well. And so you know, that's a lot of how we do it, is we focus more on like what's converting. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have that you know, upper funnel content which um, you know, we're really focused on evergreen and educational content this year for us. Um, it's not something that my team had previously done a lot of work on. It was very bottom funnel you know, conversion, but we realized, um, I mean, I guess I would ask the, the audience here, like how many people actually knew that Groupon had deals for like the Nordstrom's or Costco's, Macy's? Right. Oh, one. Thank you. Awesome. Um, my retail enthusiast for Groupon over there. Um, but that was the problem. And when I was interviewing... Because you're thinking of it as like the mani-pedi, the, the Exactly. Everybody together. knows right. Groupon for local. And, yeah. you know, our mission is to become, you know, a habit and local. Mm -hmm. And we can only do that if we provide inventory to our customers on the everyday things that they do, like shopping at Target, going to make mm -hmm. shopping online at Nordstrom's. And so, um, so my team, that's a, a strategic shift for us this year, is to just get that awareness out that like, hey, if you want to shop at Target, we've got deals for you for that. Um, and so and when we think about that, we think about that more as like evergreen content and not like, oh, come to Groupon, we have this great content. It's like, how do you save $100 a week? Some of that will be based on Groupon content. Some of that will be, you know, based on just other things that you can do to save money, right? Mm -hmm. Like using credit card offers and things like that that are totally unrelated to Groupon, but they help the customer and then it builds trust with, um, with Groupon in that broader enterprise space, you know, in the e-commerce space. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about sort of the editorial part of the talent that you have in your team. Um, again, a lot of people have sort of mentioned how They've hired former journalists, people from the publishing from the publishing industry with media backgrounds, and they found that that's really changed the way they've worked too. And in some cases, it's actually changed the way how they expect things to be quicker, just because they just work. They're coming from a different background. Um, what have you found works when it comes to editorial talent? So it's a great question. Um, so my team. So I inherited my team um, in in November, which is you know great and you know obviously has its challenges. Um, but my team is made up um, at least the content is all ex-editorial from Groupon. They've also all been at Groupon for seven plus years. So they've basically grown up at Groupon. They're, you know, it's a young team. And so they understand Groupon content really, really well. And, um, but what they don't have experience on, and this I think is traditional with any editorial teams that you're, you know, you're hiring in, it's huge advantage because they can write excellent short and long form content, but where you know they haven't had maybe the skills previously or they've had to use them is digital marketing. So understanding, okay, how do the channels perform for the content that I want to distribute outside of like a traditional site or publisher um, channel? And so that's something that I've been having to spend a lot of time with my team on is understanding like, what are the various types of content we can mm -hmm. produce that are not just written content, which is what they're used to, which used to um, creating? And then the other big piece that is, you know, it, I struggle with every day with my team is they're not, you know, traditionally analytical people. And so, yes, they can run reports, but actually analyzing the performance of content, understanding the consumer behavior and how that impacts conversion is something that it's you know, they just really struggle with. Um, I've been doing a lot of coaching. We do um, weekly sessions on reporting and we bring in um, 
our key partners from finance, revenue management, our analysts, um, just to teach them the basics of you know, business finance and how that works and how the things that they're doing is impacting their work. So I would say that those are the two things, like from an editorial standpoint, yeah. that are a bit of a challenge when you're thinking about content marketing. But it's also fantastic to have editorial teams because they are fantastic writers, they're creative. Um, you know, The things that they come up with, I, they just blow my mind. Um, because I'm not a creative person by nature, and yes, I run like a marketing team, but I'm just not creative. I'm very like pragmatic and um, analytical, and so it's really good to have that offset mm -hmm. in my team. You kind of mentioned, bring, that's an interesting point, like just bringing other parts of the company in to kind of teach them the basics. I mean, what are some of the things that you found most um, helpful that they know just to kind of help them do their jobs better? I mean, they don't, they don't need to know the ins and outs of everything, obviously. It's not really relevant to what they do, but what are some of the a few key kind of metrics or numbers to look for or the types of analytical, analytical kind of thinking that they should look at that helps them actually be just better at content? I mean, from a content standpoint, you know, we really look at, you know, the traditional metrics, which is like click-through rate, page views, um, rank. Um, we've really started to dive into what we call Scudder, uh, which is search CTR, so SCTR, um, which means like where we rank in search engines and what content is displayed in your search results and how that click through performs and so our team has been doing a lot of work there like starting all the way from you know where the customer journey starts and sort of following that through and I think one of the things we've done is we've done a lot of drawing where we've said hey you know this is the customer has come in from this entry point mm -hmm. based on that these are the expected um, metrics that we use but we, we say very traditional in the funnel it's like you know how they came in, so referral traffic, page view, CTR, conversion, um, and then obviously, right. you know, average order value is something we look at yeah, as well. Makes sense. Um, you mentioned freelancers, and I think there was um, an interesting kind of discussion around a lot of people are relying very heavily on kind of armies of freelancers to come in. Um, they found that it's hard to, the, the challenge, while there's obviously the positive part of that, the challenge is getting them to onboard quickly, getting them to kind of understand the brand quickly, and then every sort of hour spent on that is an hour kind of wasted in a way. Um, what have you found? How do you work with your freelancers? So freelancers are a blessing and a curse because yes, they you know they may turn over fairly quickly, and so you've got to retrain them on our brand guidelines. You know, one of the things that um, I find really helpful is my project manager Gail. She has documented every single part of our process, um, and she has it in three different versions. She has it from a sales perspective, so when our sales team is selling out to. Um, our merchant partners so that they understand our process and the way we do our business and manage our operations. She does it from a content manager so they everybody follows the process and then she also does it for our freelancers. So it's like a step-by-step -step guide. It's like, like if any one of you wanted to come, you know, run our content operations, you could take this document and you could do it. Like it's, okay. and so that makes it really easy for us. Um, you know, the challenge is, is when they are off brand, there's a lot of, you know, coaching that has to happen. But when we've um, work with our freelance agencies. We've always had to have like one person as a supervisor, okay. and then that person sort of helps with that onboarding. But it, you know, it takes time. And so every time yeah. you have a turnover from a freelancer standpoint, um, it, it's time spent that you know I wish that my team didn't have to put in. Right. And you mentioned you do work with agencies, kind of for the more for the big picture stuff. Um, what is what kind of work do they do that sort of you consider? Okay, this is this I'm going to send over the agency versus this is something we're going to do in this team versus this might be something I'll just 
shoot over to one of the freelance teams? Like, how do you kind of delineate or understand what makes sense where? It's primarily like the digital and interactive content. Okay. So, you know, we have an in-house, um, they don't report to me, it's part of our central team. We have an in-house editorial and content team, so they can create, you know, videos and infographics mm -hmm. and those kinds of things, but they're very branded, so they're very Groupon. So I leverage my agency when I want to talk to the customer and I don't want to talk to them about Groupon, I want to talk to them about, like, whatever it is that they are looking for as and we're related. And so that's where the agencies come in because, you know, they can really deliver on um, customer experience. They, we also use our agencies to um, distribute our content, so whether that's through digital marketing or publishers, um, and to do the outreach for that content so that we can get you know those quality backlinks back to our site which helps improve rank yeah is recruiting hard or finding the right kind of people hard yes I mean, it's tough. So I go through a pretty rigorous hiring process with my team. Um, so you have like your traditional, you meet with everybody and then we give them a specific business case that they need to solve for. Um, that would be something that they would do in their everyday work. And then we have them, you know, you know, put together a presentation, and then they present it to the team, and then the team provides the feedback. Yeah. Um, and I think that that really helps understand at least their thinking. I think someone from Babel actually said that she did something very yeah. similar. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that helps, like, weed through kind of the, the people who talk about um, what they, you know, what they can do versus what they can actually do. But it's not simple. Um, you know, we are doing some like super like unsexy, not fun work, but we also have the opportunity to do some really great things. So you need someone who's willing to like, you know, get into the grind on the day to day, but also is a very strategic thinker and can think big picture um, mm -hmm. and, and deliver on that content as well. Well, is it, I mean, when you say sort of that hiring obviously is tough and obviously keeping a, a rigorous interview process and all that, but what about just kind of, are people being trained for the skills that they kind of need when they're actually, you know, whether they're coming out of school or they're coming out of other kinds of jobs? Because I think content, especially when you're talking specifically about content marketing, kind of straddles the line. I mean, you can do it with a lot of ex-editorial people. You also want kind of that strategic and analytical bit. Um, what's actually the hardest part about actually finding the right person? I think the hardest part is not finding someone who's creative. I think it's someone who can do mm -hmm. the analysis. Okay. Because, you know, that, as we know, and marketers are being held so tightly to um, ROI and reporting. And if you don't have someone who can do that, that's something that's very hard to train um, versus, you know, someone who's, there's a lot of people who are great at content. And whether they come from, you know, an editorial background or a marketing background, I think that they, you know, we have that talent pool. It's getting kind of that final mm -hmm. fine tune, you know, being able to speak to leadership and do that reporting that um, that I find to be the cha most challenging. Absolutely. We have a couple minutes for questions for Tony. If anyone has any, how do you um, knowledge share between your teams with the credit, the editorial, and all the um, analytic stuff that you're learning? Is there a weekly meeting that you're kind of pulling everybody? Can you talk about that process and how you're getting everyone to collaborate? Yeah, so like cross-functionally, um, we don't have like a regularly scheduled meeting. We do um, what we call like quarterly content reviews and we partner with the editorial team where we'll provide content and then they'll take their content and then they send it out to a bunch of stakeholders and we get feedback. Um, and then of course, you know, from like a regular standpoint, like I, either my SEO, my content manager, or myself, we go and speak at monthly team meetings for other verticals or for our central team and vice versa. Um, and so that's something that Groupon does a really great job of is just making sure that 
my team always knows what you know finance is doing or you know what the goals are for a totally different business and that allows us to you know just maintain like the Groupon pulse even though we're very verticalized there and so that's sort of the way that we we share it's really just through like um, deep dives on them <coughs> in like staff meetings what happened to the Groupon cat I miss okay. the Groupon cat. So the Groupon cat is alive and well in our lobby. Um, I wish I would have shown a picture for you guys. So uh, Groupon cat is, is very alive. If anybody ever wants to join us um, in the Groupon headquarters at Chicago, it's like Disneyland. Um, and so there is actually a spaceship bigger than this stage in the lobby, and it has a big, giant stuffed cat in it. Um, it's quite spectacular, um, and then everywhere you go in Groupon, the cat is there. We just haven't made it big part of our marketing presence anymore, but it's alive and well um, at the Groupon headquarters. Yes. Excellent. Great. Tony, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you. Let us pop off. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another one. Till then, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Anchor.fm. You can also tweet at us. Stay tuned for the next episode.